Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, fellow gamers, and welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. On Thursdays, we break down recent gaming news and provide our thoughts. We have a lot to cover this week, so let's get started. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, he is the Flameborn, running around in burlap pants, chopping trees, and hunting animals for survival, certainly not blatantly ripping off Valheim. It's Josh. Dude, there's nothing like the feeling of burlap on your skin, man. You know, just the scratchy, itchy, like, chafing. Mm -hmm. It's so great. Can you imagine, like, sprinting miles with a burlap sack (laughs) around you? Ow! Ow! Oh, the sure parts of my body just flinched, Paul. <laughs> yeah. The only thing worse is like steel wool pants. Oh, my goodness, man. All right. Well, Josh, let's just get right into things here this week. I think the biggest news story is that Redfall has released. Oh, uh, Redfall! We Redfall? were so excited, weren't we, Paul? Wait, let's go check the tape. Oh. <laughs> let's Let's check the tape, Paul, to see how we felt about Redfall before its release. Oh, boy. You know, I am not one to brag very often. I planted my stake in the ground a while ago that this game was going to be DOA, and I called it for this one. We sniffed this one out early, Josh. We felt like they didn't know what kind of game they had. They didn't know how to market it. It got delayed and delayed, and all of a sudden, now it's here. Uh, the people are not very happy with Redfall, Josh. I don't know if you've followed this <laughs> and, at all. And by the people, you mean the entire planet? Is that what you mean? Critics, users, everyone seems oh to hate this goodness. game. There's even rumors that Microsoft knew it was going to crash and burn before release. I mean, no one seems to be a fan of Redfall, which is really sad because being developed by Arcane, they had the pedigree doing Dishonored, Prey, Deathloop. Um, this one just seems to be a complete swing and a miss. Like I looked up on Metacritic, it's ratings and also on steam, Josh. And let me just share this with you on Metacritic. They have reviewed 88 games on PC. This one is ranking in at number 84 with a 56 from critics. And it is a 1.9 from users, which is putting it like within the Diablo immortal realm. Like that's how much people are hating it. I thought you said Diablo Immortal was good, Paul. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Diablo <laughs> Immortal. <laughs> just put you on the spot. Uh, I'm, yeah, just just within that realm of user scores. Uh, it's not even doing much better on Xbox. It's a 58 from critics. It's a 2.9 from users. It's actually the lowest rated game on the Xbox Series X, according to Metacritic. It's the 
we the writing was on the wall. I don't I don't want to wish a bad game on anybody, but we did call this one. I think the the only thing that we really got wrong in regards to Redfall was recently I said I don't think Redfall is going to suck. I just think it's yeah. going to be meh. And I was wrong. It sucks, apparently. <laughs> um, you know, it, this is just one of those. It's just one of those situations where I don't know what what went wrong in any of this in the development or lack of leadership or vision or what. You know, initially people started playing the game. They started saying it just the story's not good, the gameplay's not good, like the AI is not good. And at first, it seemed like this was going to just be a meh game. And I was like, okay, well, we kind of predicted that. But then I started watching some of these gameplay videos and some of the reviews for it. And this game is just bad. Like the AI is terrible. And I don't know how difficult it is to program AI into a video game, but lots of people have done it. And I mean, all the videos I saw on this, this game just looks broken, man. There's, it's just broken in so many ways. I don't know that I've seen an overwhelmingly like consistent response from people. about a game like usually if a game is like bad but there's still people that go i really enjoy this game i don't know what all the you know the loud the squeaky wheel right like the the people that don't like it are going to be the ones that are shouting the most but this seems to be pretty universal that everybody hates redfall and it's like i'm it makes me sad a little bit man because it's like i not every game is going to be a banger and not every studio is going to produce nothing but exceptional video games but you just wonder where does it go wrong? Like, how do you release a game like Redfall and have it be so unequivocally terrible across the board, man? Well, and it just seems like a lot of things went wrong here. So I think right off the bat, first of all, the game seemed to lack some kind of identity. Like a game has to be something. You have to know what you're buying or getting into. And I think for a lot of people... In watching all the trailers and watching the footage, it just seemed like no one really knew what this game was. There's vampires and there's shooting, but then people complain that the open world isn't very filled in and we were a little nervous about that. It's definitely buggy. I have seen so many videos of vampires not walking, just skating on the ground and you can't shoot them or hit them and you can walk through them. People falling through the world. It seems like a huge buggy mess. And a little part of me does wonder if maybe there was pressure to get it out to pad those Game Pass numbers, because this is a day one Game Pass game, which, by the way, that's the only reason you should play this game is if you're already paying for Game Pass and you just want to check it out. This is a $70 release, Josh. Which is ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, I can't imagine dropping 70 bones for this. Um, Okay, so let's think of recent games that were $70, right? Forspoken, big flop. Yep. Uh, Redfall, <laughs> sure. huge flop. Um, mm-hmm. I do believe Jedi Survivor was $70. 70. Um, yep. Our thoughts are coming on that game. Uh, it's not a huge flop. I'll give you a spoiler there. Um, what else have we... Is there anything else that we was personally Dead Island 70? Seven, I don't think it was 70. Although I that think it was 60. 60, which is like, ooh, discount now. <laughs> it's like, it's only a $60 <laughs> game. But yeah, you know, this whole like, we're going to raise the price of video games. And then it's like, okay, well, where's the... Where's the really good video games part of that? Like, I give you $70, you give me a great experience, right? And so far, whew, man, it's not a good batting average. Yeah, luckily, it's still shaping up to be a really good year overall oh, where we yeah. can weather these storms. This is at least not like last year where if you had one big release go poorly, like 
battlefield or something that all of a sudden it kind of crashes the year. So at least we have plenty to look forward to. Uh, Before we move on to our next story here, Josh, can you tell the people a little bit about our Patreon and why they should sign up? Oh, man, we love the people that support this show. This show is listener funded. We would not exist if it was not for the support of the listeners. We absolutely love our community. We have the best gaming community in existence. I I say that all the time, but it's really, really true. Um, But you know, we, we need your support to keep this show going. If you have been a listener for a long time and you love what you hear, if you're new to it and you're excited about it, um, you know, you can help support the show, uh, for as little as five bucks a month. You can do that over at multiplayer squad.com. $5 is the starting price. There's no like requirements. If you want to just say, Hey, here's a $5 tip guys, love what you do. And then cancel by all means that still helps out. Um, but we do try to reward people as well. We give you bonus episodes, early access, ad free. You get awesome discord perks and to be part of that community. It's just a really, really great way to help the show. So head on over multiplayer squad.com. All right. Next up, we have a gameplay trailer for an upcoming Korean MMO that we have not yet talked Whoa. about called Chrono Odyssey. Whoa. I think this game's claim to fame is that it's, I don't know if it's going to be the first, but it's one of the first MMOs that is made in Unreal Engine 5. So for listeners out there who don't yet know anything about this, maybe they haven't seen the trailer, how would you describe this kind of game? Uh, amazing looking. <laughs> um, a beautiful so, fantasy setting MMO. Yeah, oh, oh, you meant like okay? Actually, yeah. describe it because I'm I'm honestly, <laughs> dude. Every MMO trailer that comes out gets me hyped, man. I am such yeah. a sucker for these things. But Chrono Odyssey is a kind of like a high fantasy setting. It's got some darkness to it. It's like they do show some combat. To me, that's what stood out in this. Two things stood out. The graphics, it's Unreal Engine 5. It looks phenomenal. This is not what you would expect an MMO to look like. I mean, this is like if they made Skyrim in 2023 and it wasn't the Bethesda engine at that point. You know, like this is this looks legit. And then on top of that, you get this amazing looking like Dark Souls like combat that's going on at the same time, you start putting these things together and you're like, wait, what, what is this? And then they show like your characters in these fantastic armor walking around There's cities, there's people, they show different classes where it's like, you know, you've got, you know, a guy fighting with a sword and a shield. And then there's an archer that's taking pot shots and then slides backwards real far so that they can power up a big shot. This just, this trailer is incredible. And we'll post a link to the trailer in our discord server for people that want to check it out. Um, But you really kind of have to see this to get an idea of why this game is all of a sudden burst on everybody's radar. And like, wait, is this for real? This is actually the game. (laughs) Yeah. So it definitely seems like it has really big boss fights. So we see some fantastical beasts that you fight. There's like one dude that kind of looks like Sauron from Lord of the Rings, but he like jumps up in the air and has different abilities. So it looks a little bit like Monster Hunter in that regard, but in an MMO setting where you see certain scenes where there's like dozens of people fighting together. It kind of looks like it's some kind of world boss. And they've even made mention that hundreds of players are going to be fighting these kinds of bosses. And you do see a lot of dodging mechanics, a lot of telegraphed moves that are very reminiscent of like Dark Souls combat. So I think it's definitely the closest we've seen to a take on a Dark Souls MMO, if that makes sense. 
I, I think what's maybe the most confusing part for me is that time definitely is supposed to play a major component of the game. It's in the name, right? Chrono yep. Odyssey. The entire trailer, you hear a clicking like pocket watch, and you do see little snippets because you might be wondering... How on earth could you possibly like reverse time in an MMO exactly. when you're connected? <laughs> Everybody yeah. else is reverse. Like what's going on yeah. here? So I might be wrong here. I think the way this is going to work, because you do see clips of like where a character has died and then all of a sudden they just kind of like reverse time in that little, maybe, maybe it's like a, a, a targetable area on the ground. And then all of a sudden that character comes back to life. I think you might see stuff like that. There's also a very short clip where the character is up on a ledge and they leap down and knock out a few guys with like a quick assassination. And then all of a sudden it's like they press a button and they're back up on top of the roof. So I think it's going to be more so in regards to like movement and resing players. I will say my participation with Korean MMOs is pretty limited, Yeah, but I, I will say I'm a little worried it'll devolve into pay to win if it follows the Lost, lost Ark path. Arc. I, I yeah. hope not. Just let me pay for the game, man. You know, if you're, if you're going to release a top tier product, let me pay the $60 for it or let me pay $20 for the game and then, you know, 15 bucks a month and go back to the subscription model. Yeah. And I know that seems archaic to a lot of people. And they're like, wait, you want to pay for a monthly subscription? And it's like, but there's a reason for this because all the free to play stuff has to be monetized somehow. And Lost Ark is a perfect example of that, of where the monetization just goes wrong at a certain point. And I, I don't want that again. I'd rather just pay for the game. Um, I'm with you. I almost wonder if like the time thing works almost like Tracer and Overwatch, where it's like mm-hmm. you just kind of you, you self return to a certain point like five seconds later or before or something like that maybe i don't know how this is going to work in an mmo um i do know that i watched this trailer and i got really excited and then it's kind of like pax day when we watched that trailer and i got really <laughs> yeah. excited and then it's like ashes of creation is probably only two years out and anytime i see anything for that i get really excited and it's like dude just <laughs> I want an MMO to play that's fun and engaging and and doesn't feel like a huge, huge grind. Yeah, that that's one thing I'm also a little curious about. Like, can a modern MMO now come out and have true staying power? Because we've had Lost Ark and we had uh, A New World, which is kind of funny because they're both like published by Amazon. But I even looked up some numbers and even those two are getting the pants beat off of them by old school RuneScape and World of Warcraft. Even WoW Classic, set apart from the WoW servers, WoW Classic by itself is beating out Lost Ark, Star Citizen, Destiny 2, New World. It does make me wonder, do we just need to move from MMOs? I don't think so. I'll be honest. I'm going to I'm gonna say this because I think the problem with MMOs is that most of them feel dated in a way. Like, and I know New World came out. New World had some really good graphics, but there was a lot of issues with the running around and stuff like that. I think that if you build an Unreal Engine 5 MMO where it has compelling combat, good raid mechanics, and that's something we saw in the trailer. You mentioned Monster Hunter World, and I got that vibe right off the top, man. The second they started showing some of the bigger monster fights and stuff like that. But you, if, if you put these systems together in the right way with the right graphics, I think you have an absolute banger of a video game at that point. And I think you can draw people back to the MMO space and keep them engaged at that point. It's just going to take work, man. And that's why 
like with a game like Ashes of Creation, I get really excited because you can tell that they know what it takes to get like people to stick with your game. Um, so we'll see. I, I do think that the next great MMO is going to use Unreal Engine 5. I think it's going to be beautiful. I think the combat is going to pull from maybe not Dark Souls necessarily. It's easy to say that because that's what this looks like. But I, I think if it's like God of War, right? Like if you put enough systems together and they work good, you're going to have something special. And I believe that it's out there, man. I want to believe, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Are you most confident in Ashes of Creation out of all the upcoming MMOs? I, I For me, yes. Maybe that's some nostalgia because this looks, this is from people that have like a huge <laughs> pedigree of like MMO experience and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like they are putting together a game that will be enjoyable to play, but have the staying power, the difficulty curve, the raids, the end game content, the peaceful stuff. Like not everybody wants to raid, right? So it's like if you have, you know, building and 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 marketing and stuff like that that you can do, maybe you don't even have to fight anything. You can just play this entire game as like a, a merchant almost. I thought you were going to say it's nostalgic because you've been watching videos for Ashes of Creation since you were a small child. Well, it, I ha- <laughs> dude, I'll be honest. The development of this game has taken forever, but honestly, yeah. that's also okay with me because anytime I see an update for it, it's like I feel like they're making good progress at the same time. Yeah, slowly but surely. We always say we'd rather you take time and give us a quality product. And yeah. hey, if that takes 20 years to develop, we'll wait. Uh, I, I'll be around, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, Josh, moving into our next story. So a couple days ago, we got a reveal trailer for an upcoming game called Enshrouded. Yeah. And the studio's co-founder has labeled his own game Valheim meets Zelda, which seems a little crazy to set expectations that high right off the bat when it's your own game. I think it's usually best to let someone else label your own game that. But this is a survival action RPG with up to 16 players. It will be coming out on Steam and early access later this year. 
What do you have to say about this trailer? Other than the fact that it's definitely a Valheim ripoff. It is definitely a Valheim ripoff, but I love every second of it. Um, yeah. I, I'll be honest. I, I want another game like Valheim to just completely catch me off guard. Take me by surprise. Let me have the time of my life for a solid month with friends. That sense of exploration, discovery, all that stuff. Um, we tried, I, I know I've said this before, but we tried to go back to Valheim and while the game is still great, the magic is just not there the second time around. Um, and so this game looks like it has a lot of the DNA that I'm really looking for in a game like this. Um, I, I, I think it looks great, man. <laughs> like, you know, you've got classes, you've got combat, you've got exploration and, and survival. And the fact that you can play with 16 people, um, you know, it, it, we got to see a little bit more, but I will say that this trailer got me excited right off the bat. It did make me chuckle that you're a dude running around that looks exactly like the world straight out of Valheim. Your character's wearing the same burlap pants. You're shooting a bow and arrow at a deer. You're cooking food to survive. You're building exactly like in Valheim, but it does look better and newer. And you do see that they've added some magic uh, uh, magic casting. So there is some kind of element with like casting spells with combat and things like that, which I think is neat. You know, they do highlight some mining. They do show some destructible environment stuff, which would be a little, I mean, somewhat similar to Valheim. Valheim, you would get like where a boss could like destroy your own walls and stuff. This looks a little more like with your combat destructing environment, it's going to be a little more common. Uh, they also had a glide suit. They, I, I was going to say they have a grapple hook. They've got a glide suit. Uh, the graphics are way better than Valheim. Like, I loved yeah. the atmosphere of Valheim. Like, honestly, that's one of those things that set that game apart to me. The music, especially, and just the like the wind blowing and the different environments. I mean, they really nailed that for being a not very graphically good game. This game, Enshrouded, looks... I mean, it's got pretty decent graphics, man. And I yeah. like the movement mechanics. Uh, like you said, the, at one point they show you with a pickaxe and you break through like a wall like of a, a wall. cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's like, wait a minute. And then they show some combat. You're fighting this big, ugly troll thing. And it's like, I don't I, like either it or you hits the corner of a house and the corner of the house kind of crumbles. So yeah. like, I feel like they're adding a lot of neat systems to this. And I am all for it, man. I... I love cooperative games with friends. That was one of the best parts about Valheim was all of us going out and exploring, getting wrecked by a new monster for the first time, you know, that kind of thing. So this game really has my attention. I'm curious to see how these systems come together. But again, being an optimist, if they come together well, this could be a game that you're playing with friends for a while. So when I see this, I'm seeing Valheim meets Valheim. Are you yeah, seeing any Zelda? Like, where is the Zelda comparison? Is it the glide from? suit? The thing? Like, I I'm guess. not really. I, I'm not really sure. Maybe the <laughs> combat. I, I do feel like maybe what they're going for on that is like the combat portion, where it, it like you know, I mean, that does kind of look like you would play like Breath of the Wild, maybe you know. So I'm not real sure where they're getting the Zelda vibes from. Yeah. But I mean, hey, if you want to combine two great games to get attention. I mean, our podcast is basically God of War mixed with Red Dead Redemption 2, Paul, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm know. just going to start <laughs> describing everything like that. <laughs> this pizza is like God of War meets Red <laughs> Dead Redemption 2. It's the best. <laughs> That's a great comparison. <laughs> All right, moving on. 
Back in December, some of our listeners might remember, we talked a little bit about Starship Troopers Extermination because there was an announcement trailer that dropped that's now five months ago. And if you don't remember a whole lot about it, it's a co-op first-person shooter, kind of like mixed with tower defense elements, and you fight against waves of alien bugs. And at the time, we said that we were kind of intrigued, but it felt like the game was still really far off. Like, they even said this is pre-alpha footage, and I don't know about you, I kind of felt like, okay, this game's probably like a year or two down the road. Well, Josh, I haven't even thought about it since December, and I'm, I'm checking gaming news during the week. Lo and behold... This game is releasing in early access on May 17th. That's this Wednesday, Josh. It's less than a week from the time this episode releases. This game oddly excites me, man. And it's like, there's parts of me that say you shouldn't be excited for this game. It's going to be really, really routine very, very quickly. And then the other part of me watches this and I go, but this could be so fun, man. I love yeah. the tower defense nature of it. I love the in-between rounds, like you're strategizing with your friends and you're figuring out like, do we put a wall here? Do we put a turret here? Give me like a concrete block that I can hide behind here. I like the fact that this has classes, you know, mm-hmm. so you, they say play the class that you want. You've got healers, assault, and uh, what, what was the third one? Like, and defense. Th- those are kind of lame names. Yeah, I mean, it's like, what does that <laughs> but it's mean? Fine. And, you know, yeah. th- at one point they show a guy with like a little metal bunker that he's got around him and stuff, and he's just shooting the bugs from inside of that. I, it, the like, I want to play this game because I want it to be good, and I like what I have seen so far. Now, this is all very curated, I'm sure, but horde shooters can be a ton of fun, especially with friends. I like the fact that. It seems and like like you have to go out. You can't like you're not just hunkering down in your base. Like you're actually trying to go out into the world a little bit and like gather resources so that in between rounds you have more resources to spend on your fortifications and stuff like that. So like there's so many neat ways they can go with this. I can't believe it's coming out really, really soon. The only thing with early access that I, I, I'm always a little hesitant about is some games come out in early access and they are nearly finished, right? And they just say, listen, we want the ability to say we're still working on it, but here's a game. And then yep. other games come out in early access and it's like, this is this is still kind of an alpha, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I paid way too soon for this game. So I don't know which where it's going to be on that like meter as like how complete is it, but I really want to dive into this game and give it a shot. I'm very curious to try this one out. I love the idea of having more co-op shooters that aren't named Redfall. Uh, So maybe this will kind of fit the bill. We haven't played a co-op shooter in forever. I mean, we played Dead Island 2, but that's largely melee, and I wouldn't call it a a shooter. Yeah, so I love the idea of having that. And this game, $24.99, which seems like a really fair price. price point. Yeah, I, I was I was a little surprised. I would I would not have been shocked to see a forty dollar price tag on this. So the fact that it's twenty five bucks, look, I don't think you're going to get a hundred hours out of this game. But it looks like something you can hop in for a couple weekends, get twenty to thirty hours out of it, and as soon as it starts feeling repetitive, you quit. Um, one other thing that I like as well, when we first talked about it, 
they said that you could play up to 12 players. Yeah, I was just about to bring this now, up if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, now they're saying 16. Yeah. And I see that as a really good sign because how often do we see games pared down because they're saying it's not working. We got to cut this mechanic. We got to cut this mechanic. Now team size is being brought down. Oh, we actually can't have that many players on the server at once. So the fact that they're actually expanding it tells me that the game must be working pretty well and they're actually beating expectations. And I, I think that's a really good sign. I love the combination of the strategy element with the combat element. Like to me, that is so perfect because I love strategy in a game, right? Like even with like Overwatch 2, sometimes it's like, hey, if we do this comp and we'll counter that comp and things like that. And it's just, you know, I love that combination. And I feel like that is the main focus for this game in particular is like, mm-hmm. here's your crazy, crazy combat, shoot everything, hope you survive, rely on your allies and stuff like that. But there's also this, like, how are you going to approach things? Who are you going to send out to gather resources? Who's going to stay back and protect the base and that kind of stuff? Because like, I love roles and I like that ability to mix it up a little bit. And I, I, I want to see how they actually implement all that. But there's a lot of stuff about this that just like gives me that little like dopamine hit in the brain where I look at this game and I go, this could be really fun. What we don't know is like, is it always 16 people? Like, am I going to have to join like a server? And now it's like, I'm the 15th out of 16th guy. Or can we just play the four like with four friends and it'll scale to that, you know? So I'm, there's still some things we don't know yet, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it'll be anything to write home about, but it seems like there's fun to be had in this kind of game. Uh, We're very quickly running out of time, but we do want to briefly touch on Amnesia. Yeah. So Amnesia, a a very much beloved series. You and I were talking about it earlier today. Uh, We did get a trailer highlighting 10 minutes of footage from the upcoming entry called The Bunker. And I got to say, I don't know that anyone necessarily does this better than Amnesia, making such creepy atmospheres where it's not even so much what you see as much as what you just feel and hear. This game really does that well. It's This is like the calling card for the Amnesia games, to be honest. I still just tout Amnesia Dark Descent as probably the best horror game that I have ever played. That game legitimately freaked me out, man. And it's like you said it it's not it's not gory it's not in your face it is the things that you can't see or what is going on around you that you can't see that really heightens these types of games and i saw that with the bunker at the same time like you know the graphics are okay like they're updated good enough for this and stuff but like at one point you're looking around you're trying to solve these little puzzles and you're exploring a little bit and it's creepy but then it's like all of a sudden you hear something just crashing and smashing off in the distance and it's far enough away that you're like oh it's not i don't really need to work and then all of a sudden it sounds like it's getting closer (laughs) so then it's like i I don't know what's happening but i better hurry up and like search the rest of these lockers kind of thing and i just these games do it so well for me that like, I don't know that we'll ever have the chance to play the bunker, but Mm -hmm. like, I want to see this game succeed just because they know how to make a scary game without it being just in your face. And I love that. I love that they've figured out like, this is psychologically scary. Like your blood just starts pumping, man. You get nervous. And I, that to me is really cool. Yeah. There's something very special that that makes horror games so effective when you mix 
the idea of hiding or being chased while solving puzzles. Because normally to solve a puzzle, what does it require? It needs like your attention and it needs your focus. And when you're constantly being hunted by something, it, 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 it like heightens that feeling the entire time where you can't just focus on the puzzle and figure it out. Maybe the puzzle itself is actually pretty simplistic, but all of a sudden you throw in this, you know, spiritual beast or a monster or whatever's chasing you and you're trying to do the puzzle along with it. And I just think it works so well. I, I feel like just the horror mechanic by itself might almost be a little cheesy in the way that I thought phasmophobia got into cheesy, but when you throw in the puzzles of this kind of nature with the horror, I just, I, I think it works a lot better. It's the little things that they do too, like the constant sound effects going on, like that, that are just always persistent. Like they're there. That <laughs> the doesn't flashlight. mean repetitive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they like have they, to wind, you know, they use the windy flashlight and you can hear the little whir of this thing going on, but it's like when the monster gets close, like your screen will blur for a second or it'll shake just randomly. And it's like, it's those little things that you pick up on when you're playing, but you don't necessarily notice right away. And so it's like, these are the things that build that tension that these games are so well known for. And then when you finally see the monster and it's chasing you, your like flight or fight syndrome kicks in big time, like legitimately. And you, all you want to do is just run for your life. <laughs> and it is terrifying. Yeah, I love the Amnesia series, even though I don't always love dabbling in horror games. I feel like they do it best. I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who are going to want to check it out. I, I don't see it being a deep dive, but I think a lot of our listeners probably can't wait to get their hands on this one. Yeah, they should, honestly. I feel like they're, they're going to know what they're doing with this game. Um, I, I, you know, I, I saw a little thing that said this is the first Amnesia game that had like a gun in it. Uh -huh. But then I read a thing that said it's the worst gun in a game ever because I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it's like, I, I'm sure you're not fighting this monster. So I don't really know what the gun is for other than maybe a false sense of security, but that would actually be kind of funny for them to do. It's like, fine, we put a gun in our game and this thing sucks, man. <laughs> like, I don't know if you feel safe with this, but guess what? You shouldn't. I love the idea of trying to think of the worst guns in games. Yeah. Like I think of the uh, Yoka pistol in Rust <laughs> oh, man, where it has like a four sucks, foot range. Man. <laughs> if you're not point blank, you're not hitting anything oh, with that. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, that wraps up our show here for today. As a reminder to our listeners, make sure to go sign up for our Patreon for those bonus episodes and other perks at MultiplayerSquad.com. You can also follow us on socials everywhere at MultiplayerPod. And we hope that you'll check out some of our other episodes. We do release content on Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So make sure to hit the follow button. That way you know when the rest of our episodes are available. So we want to say thank you so much to everyone out there for listening. And until next time, happy gaming. All right. See you, everybody.